Is Jimmy Garoppolo upset with his coach, Kyle Shanahan? Did he maybe uh, accidentally mouth some words to let everybody know in the world that displeasure? We will do some investigating and maybe some lip reading here on today's Lockdown 49ers, turning the page from a loss in Denver to hopefully a win on Monday Night Football against the Los Angeles Rams, all coming up on this Winky Wednesday episode of Lockdown 49ers right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you as always. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And if you are watching us on YouTube or any other various streaming video platforms, you might notice a third face on the screen because that means it is Winky Wednesday. Let's bring on today's guest. Nicholas Winkler, come on down. Wow. Nicholas. What's happening, Wink? Uh, are you ready for your weekly, Wink, Wink's weekly wish report? Talking about, I mean, what... What great timing it was last week talking about your weekly punter report and then just seeing the the next level special teams punt coverage by both the 49ers and the Broncos on Sunday night football that made for such a such a fascinating football game, right, Wink? Yeah, I mean, you don't want to sit here and be like, yeah, these seven punts that he had were great. <laughs> I mean, you don't want seven punts in a football game. But, you know, most of them were good. He had a couple of touchbacks. One of them was on like a 74-yard kick or something. So that was a boomer. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we saw the, the play by Womack where he jumped and swatted it back. And, like, three things had to happen right on that play. And they they all did. And, no, I mean, Wisniewski shows, you know, his skills, right? He's just kicking it to the sidelines. He's He's got that ball that just hits and then goes straight up in the air, which is what you want. Give your coverage team a chance to pin it inside the 20 and he did it repeatedly i mean he had three inside that's solid over 50 yard average it's yeah the guy's worth the money it's it's nice uh punting in denver and in that altitude i'm sure and we saw it with both punters and we saw it with uh, mcmanus the kicker and what did you think about kyle's decision to allow them to kick the field goal rather than push him back out of field goal range and try to let your stellar defense stop the Broncos and maybe prevent some points that could potentially swung the game. Uh, a lot of, I mean, folks are after the 49ers right now, right there. There's, there's like, they're after Kyle in every way they can team. Jimmy has gone silent and uh, really some bad vibes just around this team overall. And Croc, I'm, I'm not on Twitter this week and uh, uh, maybe I'll never be back on Twitter. Who knows? But uh, is that the vibe you're seeing out in the Twitter verse? Wink off the air was talking about at the grocery store, wherever he's at. It's just bad vibes with the 49ers right now. It's definitely bad vibes. And, you know, I do my morning show and I have people come on and I'm like, hey, man, like say one thing positive about Jimmy Garoppolo. And it was like pulling teeth. I mean, people did not want to say anything positive, anything good about Jimmy G as if there's just never been any positive vibes surrounding them. And it's like, man, how quickly we would forget. And I know, yep. you know, he's not the world's greatest quarterback. And clearly Kyle Shanahan's trying to do better and get someone better and move on from Jimmy G. But, dude, there's, there's been a lot of good times. And for people to panic the way they are right now, it's a little, it's a little weird to me. 
With, with I mean, we just saw it last year where everybody was hitting the panic button three and five, and then all of a sudden you turn it around. So you you would think that they'd have the benefit of doubt that hey, you know, let's give it some time and see uh, when they turn things around. Not even if. Yeah, I mean, if I'm stinking on something, it's that 100%. You know, it's, it's, I talked about it, like you said, I, I'm running to people at the grocery store, I'm running into people just walking down the street, because I'm always rocking my Niner gear. And I always do a, you know, go Niners. And then a lot of times we get into conversations. And, and it's just the the amount of like, oh, this season is over. This is ridiculous. So what Jim, what Jimmy's garbage. And it's like, relax, man, they're three games into a season here. Like, yeah, he did not look great. He missed a lot of, of guys that he didn't even see open, you know, like he was clearly missing something in, in reading that defense and it, it showed. And, and there were a few times where they actually showed it on the, the broadcast too. were like, wow, he had Debo Samuel wide open right there for a touchdown, you know, like he just missed him. And you know, a lot of the throws too, the timing routes, he was just a little bit off. Like just this guy didn't practice with the team the whole off season. Like they need to get some timing together. Give us some time. I, I do have to come to his defense just a little. And I haven't watched all the plays, but uh, my guy, Greg Pinelli, has dove into the All-22 film. And he just told me how horrendous the offensive line was. And I remember there was one play specifically where I'm like, man, Jimmy G, you know, you got to put that ball on Juwan Jennings. It was down the right sideline where it was kind of a whole shot. And he the ball kind of hung in the air to where... By the time it got to Juwan Jennings, he ended up getting hit. And then he kind of bobbled the ball, and they ended up calling incomplete. I'm like, man, you got to put that on the line. Well, I just saw the All-22 version of it. There's just this free runner right at Jimmy G. Just nobody blocked him. You had the – and I, I don't know who's responsible for him, whether it was the guard or whether it was Trent Williams. And it was like Trent Williams went outside to help like Kyle Juszczyk on someone, and then the guard slid right. So there's just a free runner right at Jimmy. So Jimmy, as he's getting hit – and he feels it coming. He's like, oh, my gosh, I'm about to get smacked. So he just throws it right before he gets blasted and get really blasted. delivers a, a a good ball for the circumstances. And that just shows, like, some of the criticism that I had of him live. Then you go back and watch, and it's like, maybe, maybe it wasn't quite all his fault. Yeah, th there was a lot of back foot from Jimmy, and you, you don't realize how bad the, the pass coverage was until you watched it back. We talked a little bit about that yesterday when watching some of these things, and the safety was the same way. You got free runners, and and Kyle talked about how there might have been a big play involved on that, and so I think that you know the screen aspect was the, the secondary part of it, and um, it's just... It, it was not a good situation all around, and Jimmy deserves a ton of blame, and the offensive line didn't play well. Now there's no Trent Williams, and we said we were going to, you know, try to not be as negative today. So we, we got to get the negative stuff out of the way. And, and, you know, we can talk a little bit more positively about this team. Um, do you think maybe there is something to the idea, guys, that the Jimmy Garoppolo's unhappy with the 49ers right now, with the way things have gone for him over the course of the last year and the offseason? And then um, what some people believe he's like, Bad mouthing Kyle Shanahan's play calls on the field, and we talk. We, we we've heard. We've already heard his comments. And Jimmy's been tight lipped the entire time he's been with the 49ers. He's 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 been a little bit more open recently, and he even talked about the the um you know the freedom he felt maybe in 2017 that he started to feel this year. And it's like, well, that's kind of weird. That's a that's an interesting thing to say. Uh, Chris Collinsworth during the game said his you know pregame meeting with Jimmy Garoppolo asked him like, aren't you know, was there a little bit of a, a feeling of you like, oh, you need me now? And and Jimmy's response was, yeah, there is that feeling. So th there's something there. How far is it? Is there like a really bad relationship right now with Jimmy and Kyle Shanahan and Croc? I don't know if you want to pull it up, but um, 
this one really got me. And obviously, Jimmy was not super excited about a lot of things that happened. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, we're, we're playing the video of it. And basically, Jimmy G is saying, and this is from a tweet from a, a user that zoomed in on it and said uh, that he's saying with his mouth, I'm trying to see it right now and see if, if he's actually saying that. Now, I think he might be talking to himself about the plays, but is he saying stupid, stupid plays? What is it? What, what was the what was the quote that your plays suck, man? Your plays. I suck, think there's man. too many S's in that. I think he's saying your play sucks, man. I think he's criticizing mm. himself. Right. I think he is he's mad. He just made a bad play. He's had bad plays all game. He's criticizing himself. I, I think that this is one of those, you know, kind of poke the fire a little bit here and, and try to make it seem like he's going after Kyle. But you know what it kind of reminds me of? You mentioned that, the, the like, oh, you need me now. It's like, remember that those relationships you get in early in life where it's like, you're just infatuated, right? Where there's just like, this person could do no wrong. They're perfect. You're just in love. And then there's just that one thing that happens. We're like, wait a minute, that's not perfection. <laughs> and so you just step back and you're like, Okay, now I'm gonna set, start second guessing things. I'm not, you know, I don't have the blinders on anymore. So this is kind of what the relationship feels like right now with, with with what's going on with Jimmy and Kyle. And and Kyle takes a lot of blame too. I mean, I we, we're gonna get to positive. You guys have probably already gone over all this, but how do you get away from Jeff Wilson? And the guy was out there. He's averaging over six yards of carry. Like, and you just you just you keep running Debo into the into the you know into the tackles. Like, I don't understand it. It it just. It just seemed like a lot of bad play calls. I mean, you're like sending Jeff Wilson out, you know, in motion. It's like, no, what are you doing? Like, give the guy the dang ball. I, I don't know. I was, I was fresh. There were a lot of moments where I was yelling at the television, just like, your plays suck, man. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but I mean, just... if that was if that was what Jimmy was saying, I, I don't think he was necessarily wrong. I don't think it was the yeah. best, you know, game plan by by Kyle Shanahan. I mean, they scored 10 points, but Jimmy didn't right. play great either. Maybe that's what Jimmy, Jimmy's saying there. He's like, those play calls suck, man. What are you doing throwing the ball with me at quarterback? We should be running the ball. Maybe that's part <laughs> of it. Um, you know, maybe, maybe he's saying line play sucks, man, because he's getting too much pressure. So there's a lot of things he could be saying. You know, maybe he's talking about himself making a play. Um, I, it does look like he's – and maybe it's just because you see the print and then you watch him say it. It does look like he's saying – that uh, about Kyle's play calls, but but who knows? There, there is something there right now with Jimmy and, and a little chip on his shoulder. Um, the timing was bad, there was pressure, he's thrown off his back foot a lot. That, that was bad, it was all bad all around. And whatever it is, it's got to get fixed. And I think it's a group effort. I don't think it's one thing, I think it's all of those things put together. The line's got to play better, they, they got to be able to run the ball more. Uh, the playmakers got to separate more and make some plays. I, 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 to be honest with you, and Croc, maybe we can get to this in the next, next segment because I've seen some people point this out. Maybe the 49ers wide receivers aren't all that great. Maybe George Kittle isn't the most amazing separator at tight end. Maybe Debo Samuel's not a great threat, you know, further than five, 10 yards down the field. Maybe Brandon Ayuk's never going to be that guy that a lot of people thought, including the 49ers trading up for him in the first round, is going to be in, in separating down the field. So we'll talk a little bit about that next. I want to talk about how the league as a whole offensively is looking pretty shabby over the first three weeks. This isn't a San Francisco 49ers problem. This isn't even a Jimmy Garoppolo problem. We saw it with the Broncos on the other side. Russell Wilson was god-awful in that in that game as well against the 49ers. So we'll get into all that stuff and maybe look ahead a little bit to those Los Angeles Rams next. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. You can create a job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs. 
to reach your network and beyond of the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job to the purple hiring frame, to your LinkedIn profile, spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to interview and eventually hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the right candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So w- there's something going on with Jimmy and Kyle. I don't know if it's to the degree that some people would like you to believe. I don't think the sky is falling with the 49ers. They're one and two. They have a, an opportunity to get right. There's too much talent uh, on both sides of the football for the 49ers to be a bad football team. But they've played three not great teams so far, and they're one and two. So that's not good. Like you, you can't, You can't just dismiss that either. But can they get better? Yes. And I want to point out to something uh, and shout out to my co-host on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, Matt Williamson, who brought up some statistics because we were talking off the air a couple days ago uh, after Sunday about just, you know, how bad some, some teams were, some offenses and some big time quarterbacks. And, and, and he went a little bit deeper in the numbers and he was looking at it. And so going into Monday Night Football this week, there were 17 teams averaging 20 points per game or less this year. Last season, there were only 10 franchises that generated less than 20 points Per game, so that's already up from ten to seventeen so far this year. Uh, the year before, there were only four teams that didn't average twenty points or more over the course of the season. So there's some things that are going to going to um, basically normalize during this season around the NFL. Like scoring is down, and it, the scoring hasn't gone down in NFL history. Basically, you know, teams are throwing the ball more, teams are scoring more points than ever in the NFL, and so. There's definitely something going on there. Um, I don't know exactly what it is. I think the offenses take a little bit more time than the defenses to to gel to start a season. Um, there's you know offensive line play takes some time. There's a lot of teams that don't play a lot of players in preseason ball. There used to be four preseason games. Now there's three, and some teams didn't play anybody, and especially those teams like we saw the Packers and Rams that are two of the most famous teams that didn't start their their main guys at all during the preseason. They laid eggs. uh, in week one and so when you look at jimmy g and the 49ers offense and you single it out because that's the important thing to the fan base that is watching and listening to this podcast jimmy g is not the only guy that's played bad last week and the 49ers offense isn't the only offense that's not putting up a lot of points right now you look at teams like the chiefs the bills the chargers right we're talking josh allen patrick mahomes um justin herbert the Rams, the Cardinals, the Packers, the Buccaneers, the Packers Bucks game, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. That game ended 14 to 12. You know, not a lot different than what we saw with 49ers and the Broncos. So those eight teams and eight quarterbacks, that's a really good group of players. Uh, uh, over half of those guys are going to be in the Hall of Fame probably at the end of their careers. Right. Those teams in week three averaged only 14.4 points mm. for their for their offenses. So um it's not just the 49ers offense that's sputtering a little bit. It's it's half of the league right now that's that's not playing good on that side of the ball. And I think those things are going to get better for a lot of those teams because I don't think scoring is going to all of a sudden just go way down out of nowhere. And another one of the the points that Williamson brought up and Croc, uh, I, I want I want your thoughts on this. 
there's like, and, and I think the 49ers are, are, are one of these teams. And I think for most teams, it's like this because teams spend a little bit more money, a little bit more resources on, on athletes on the defensive side of the ball. Schemes are a little bit more simple. You know, there's some complex stuff and coverages and, and blitz packages, but it's nothing like that happens on offense. Right. Um, and there's such good athletes on defense. If you listed the top 22 players on the 49ers on offense and defense, you know, most of the best players would be on the defensive side of the ball with a couple of offensive players uh, filtered in. So I think it's just easier for defenses to be ready and playing well. And I think that's what we're seeing around the league. And the 49ers aren't alone, which is one of the reasons I think that we should not be alarmed about the 49ers offense. I think that's something that happens during training camp as well, right? When everybody shows up, everybody says, hey, man, like the offense, they'll catch up, but defense usually starts off faster. And I think right now we're seeing early in the season for a lot of these teams, they're still trying to find that groove. And then it's weird because it's the opposite for some of these other teams that are scoring a ton of points. And it's like, how is this team scoring? I think Detroit Lions are scoring like 30-plus points a game. Detroit scoring 30-plus points a game with whoever their offensive coordinator is. I think it's Deuce Staley. And Kyle Shanahan can't. So I think just some teams are starting to find their groove a little bit earlier than others. And there could be reasons for that. But I wouldn't hit the panic button just yet. And I'd assume that eventually the 49ers will get it together. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, the league wants parity, right? That's kind of been their whole thing. It keeps more fans interested for longer. I think taking away one preseason game, I think, helps with that. I think, you know, just mandating all of these extra uh, – Uh, penalties on the defense and just making it easier to play offense. I think that they're trying to make it as, as even as possible. And you look around the league, there's two undefeated teams and one Oh and three team. And that's it. I mean, we're three weeks into the season and it's still wide open in every single division. Yeah. Everybody's one and two or two and one. Like nobody's out of it except for the Raiders, which I'm sure a lot of listeners to this podcast aren't upset about. But that division actually is – it was supposed to be one of the best divisions in football and this and that. And then nobody's undefeated in that division, so it, right. it's still open. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great point. Um, not only do the 49ers have an opportunity to get a lot better, it's pretty easy to see where they can get better. And, I'm, like, even if Shanahan has called a, a bad game or two so far this year and you can quibble with some things. Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, through his offseason, not up to speed, a little arm fatigue. Of course, there's a new arm fatigue story. We're never going to get away from that storyline now with, with the quarterbacks around the NFL all of a sudden. Um, but you can see how it's going to get better anyway, even if you don't believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is an amazing quarterback. Uh, even if you think that the league is catching up to the Shanahan offenses because so many teams around the league run it. And I think there is some of that too because you have to adjust the adjustments. And so many teams practice against Kyle Shanahan's offense, Kyle Shanahan tree coaches, that it's going to get tougher and tougher, right? You're, you're not going to be able to show as much stuff. It's going to be more difficult with with teams that that are more equipped to stop you. So you've got to you've got to do some things differently to try to win and, and we'll see what those adjustments are for the 49ers, but I think they're good enough to where it shouldn't be a problem. And we've seen them climb out of this before, uh, but if they don't, then wink, do you think Kyle Shanahan's seat could potentially get a little bit warm? And yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have thought it would get warm this quickly. And I don't think it's warm yet, but when you consider the Lance stuff and if his other quarterback doesn't really even like him anymore, right? And if there's like, because one of the things is like the locker room always felt like with the 49ers, oh, it was a great locker room, great group of guys, all pros. And it's probably still like that. But like if Jimmy kind of is like, oh, and then maybe if there's some other guys who are like, oh, I don't like this, I don't like this. What are you doing? Maybe he, you know, 
created a divide with the Jimmy and Trey thing. And that's when you start to be like, okay, is the locker room starting to get split? And if so, you have to start to look to the top and look to leadership. And if that ends up producing a terrible product on the field, then there's nowhere else to look than, than at the top. But I don't think we're there yet. No, I think you're right. I don't think his seat's even warm right now. Just I think you've got that card of, hey, my starting quarterback, my whole plan for this season got hurt. And yeah, it may have been a bit my fault. It also, yeah, he got hurt. Right, right. But at the same time, like, you know, freak injuries, right? They, they happen all the time. And when it happens to your number one offensive, you know, the, everything you kind of built this offense around Trey Lance, right? And so that got swept out from under him, you know, a couple plays into week two. So now he's just kind of going to go back to the drawing board. It's kind of panic mode. It's kind of scramble. It's kind of, you know, let, let me try to fix this right now. So he's probably a little bit nervous, obviously, but I don't think his seat is hot because if they go out and they beat the Rams on Monday night, things could be shake up where they're all of a sudden in first place in the NFC West and you don't have anything to worry about, right? And everybody's right of the ship and everything's great. And if Jimmy goes out and throws a couple of touchdowns, which he's played well against the Rams in his history. So this could be kind of that get right game that the 49ers need. So it's everybody's panicking. I think everybody just needs to just chill out a little bit. Chill out, let it play out a little bit. One of the big things I said coming into the year for Shanahan that needed to happen, obviously he needed to develop his quarterback. That's kind of out the window now and on the, on the back burner, but He's still a sub 500. He has a sub 500 record with the 49ers. We know that they kind of, you know, completely emptied the emptied the entire roster and started over. So there's going to be some bad records to start. So he had to he had to climb out of a hole there as far as records go. But he's still sub 500. Came into the season, I think, three games under 500 as a coach. I thought he needed to be a 500 coach by the end of the year, or else next year the hot seat starts to get warm. And I still think that that's where they're at. But that's even more difficult now. He's 40 and 44 after three weeks this year in his career as a head coach for the 49ers. He's four games under 500. Can the Niners go nine and five the rest of the season and still get that 10 and seven record? Cause 10 and seven is the record. He needs to be 500 at the end of the year. If Kyle Shanahan doesn't get to 10 wins this year, then next year, the seat begins to be warm. I think for him, because the Niners probably won't be a playoff team. And then if Trey Lance doesn't look like a guy next year, now we're talking about an official hot seat. And I think for me, the the deadline to make a decision on Kyle Shanahan is before that first round pick in 2024, the first pick they have again in the first round. I would not trust Kyle to make that pick if the Trey Lance thing doesn't look good after the end of, of the 2023 season. So, so I think that's sort of like, for me, just thinking about where Kyle is, not a hot seat season this year, It you know, Kyle's a good coach, right? There's other teams that would jump on him if he was if he was fired right now. Everybody knows that. This isn't to say Kyle should be fired or anything like that. But the seat, you have to start winning. He's been allowed to do whatever he wants after six years. And when I look at the 49ers and the weakness of the 49ers team is still the offense, and he's the offensive genius, offensive guru, something's going on there. You, you got to get that right. You know, the, the defense has carried the team for way too long. Is that yeah, fair? you can't sit here and say that they spend all their money on defense either because Kittle's got a huge contract, Trent Williams, Debo. Like, they've invested money in this offense. And, yeah, no, that's, that's well said, Peacock. I think you're right. I think hearing you say the numbers of, you know, what his record actually is, that kind of puts things in perspective because that's not the way he's viewed, right? When right. you just hear Kyle Shanahan, it's like, well, he's a top five head coach in the league. And I think we can understand why his record is the way it is, especially when you spend half of your time playing with Beathard, Hoyer, and Mullins, who are all backups yeah. on other teams. But 
who he picked and put on the roster, you know. But so was, he picked and put on the roster. Mm-hmm. So when he had kind of an opportunity to and again, I don't want to be the hindsight guy, but you know, you could have started this off different if you would have maybe had a different mindset heading into the whole thing in 2017 when a couple of quarterbacks I mean one ended up being weird, but you know, Patrick <laughs> Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, like those are at least you at Weird. least get the talent. At least get the talent evaluation part of it right. And, and at least get the talent evaluation. You can't do anything about the booty bandit stuff, but right, yeah. And, and so, else. so far, um, yeah. Unless you had evidence of that, you know, from Clemson. Sure. Or um, but so far, Kyle Shanahan hasn't proven with the 49ers that he can identify or develop a, a quarterback. Like he hasn't even. Which is deal. weird, because right. everybody, it, Eric Crocker identified uh, Patrick Mahomes. So, mm-hmm. like, how yeah. can't you? Eric Crocker is on a different level. Eric Crocker is a high level That's right. athlete, yep. first of all, high level evaluator, uh, high level podcaster, content producer. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's, yeah. But, but, but I mean, all jokes aside, I'm in really good shape recently. Um, 25 pounds. It was very simple, though. Peacock. Nine out of was- 10 style, I think. <laughs> I like the spectacles. Um, yeah. Great dad. But all package. jokes aside, it was very. It was very easy to see how talented Mahomes was. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like that, that was anybody was all- that actually watched him and, and didn't say, "Oh well, he just went to Texas Tech." Oh look, well, look at the record; it's not great. Like if you just watch him, I'm like, dude, this is like Aaron Rodgers. Like that's what it looked like to me. Mm-hmm. Like the, some of the yeah. stuff he was doing. And then I was like, well, you know, he just might need a year to kind of tighten everything up. And it's like, no, he still does the same exact stuff. He's <laughs> just amazing at it. My thing with. And I think the big reason why the, a lot of the league was a little bit slow to to come around to the prospect of Patrick Mahomes, part of it was the offense, but it was like, you just kind of never really seen anybody to that extreme with the way he played. It was like, is that going to turn into, is he going to be like, just like Jameis Winston style, just throwing picks left and right? Is that going to play in the NFL? We couldn't kind of hadn't seen it kind of, you hadn't really seen anybody from that spread style offense really succeed in the NFL yet. So it was like, man, I love the talent. I love what this guy can do. But there's enough to be like ah, top mm. 10 pick i'm scared you know that's and and a lot of gms i think the 49ers were that way a little bit too it was like this is our first go around i'm we're gonna tie ourselves to a quarterback well i'm, I'm a little bit scared on, on that let's go get a defensive lineman who's turned out to be a tweener right and and so the i think that's what really scared teams away because they weren't quite sure what to what to think about this guy even though uh, the, the talent was all the way there. And it was the same with oh, Josh yeah. Allen. It was like, this guy can't hit the, the broad side of a barn, but my God, he's 6'5", 240, and has an insane cannon. When he does make a throw, it's like, wow. Look oh, look at this. I had, yeah. I had to pull the tweet up. So this is from this is from 2017, before the draft. So as y'all can see, I'll zoom in here. You can see February 3rd, 2017. So before the draft, and I said, all you can do is go off of the upside now because of these systems talking about kind of texas tech and some of these other offenses and i said from what i've seen mahomes has the most upside like that's who i would go with mm-hmm. i like mm-hmm. well, I, that's why you host that's why yeah that's why croc is the co-host of this show that's why uh he is my on draft man that's why he is the robin to my batman on this show yeah you know what i mean no, uh, he's I like, wait, wait, wait. I think I might be. Bad <laughs> I'll take, I'll take that. Robin, Robin's pretty cool. Yeah, that's why uh, we're we're the best uh, couch GM tandem that exists yeah. in the NFL right yeah. now. Yeah, I'll be Arthur. Is that kind like of Arthur? Arthur? <laughs> uh, Arthur? No. Uh, 
<laughs> Nobody can think uh, of the butler is, for Batman. What's his name? I think it's Arthur. Arthur. Nah. No. no. It's definitely oh, not. People Arthur. are yelling at us right now. Now I can't get Arthur out of my head. Yeah, that's in my head now. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, right, I'm looking it up. <laughs> uh, it's not so, Arthur. No, it's definitely not Arthur. Um, but you know th- that's what's funny. So the offense part of it, I think, is big for Shanahan. Alfred. Alfred. There we go. Alfred. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Wink is a good Alfred. That's for sure. So oh, Kyle Shanahan's cor- the two quarterbacks he's drafted, right? C.J. Beathard and Trey Lance. There's, there's out of like how how many how many D one and one double A teams are there in college football? Like 117 or something, right? I think that's like the old. That's old. Like there's like more now. But there's more. There's like two of them that run pro style offenses, right? Two of those colleges. What are they? Iowa and North Dakota State. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they run like pro style, like kind of boring old school offenses. Have a fullback, right? Their tight ends actually block. That's Kyle wants to see it. He wants to see the pro style offense already, and I, I think that's why I, I don't think I don't think Kyle Shanahan would have ever drafted Patrick Mahomes. What about Brock and, Purdy? He's still got another chance. Well, I True. think if we have anybody to blame, got to blame John Lynch because John Lynch yeah. went to the pro day and saw it for himself. And remember, he said like, "Hey, he called. He went to Mahomes pro day and called Kyle Shanahan and said, uh." There's this guy here, he and he was there kind of as yeah. a smokescreen, but he actually watched him, and he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, like, got to yeah. trust your guys. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't think it was a terrible uh, – I mean, clearly the 49ers and, and Kyle was first-time head coach. John was first-time GM. John never really had a real job in the you know in the front office ever. Um, knows a lot of football, clearly. But – I think the plan necessarily wasn't bad as far as, oh man, we're not going to bring a quarterback into, you know, our bare roster. Now let's build it first. We're going to build the defensive line out. I think that was a good strategy and the defensive line strength. Of the team's a good strategy. It's, it's looking like it still is good and it's helped them get, you know, deep into the playoffs a couple of times. Um, but it was just like, Oh, but except this year, there's this quarterback that we should probably draft, you know, or two. yeah. Two or, or two. Yeah. And, yeah. and not the guy that went first, Mitchell Trubisky. And not Trubisky, mm-hmm. yeah. Who? And there's a chance, like from what we I remember at the time, I think the 49ers did kind of like Trubisky a little bit. It might have taken him if they were forced to stay at number two and didn't trade down. That that's that's it. what I think. Never too. know for sure, but mm-hmm. that's kind of what I gathered. Well, and remember, Kyle Shanahan talked about in the circles he was running with, or you know, in the media, in the NFL circles or whatever, people didn't view Patrick Mahomes as a top ten prospect in that class. So mm. they, he wasn't even thinking about him. But my issue is. When, and first of all, this is all hindsight. I mean, it doesn't matter. We're talking about how his record has got to kind of what it is mm-hmm. now, right? Yeah. Which is below 500. And what he potentially could have been with a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and he wouldn't be in this hole. Now, hopefully, Trey Lance can dig him out of this hole. Eventually, we just don't know exactly when that will be or if it'll happen, right? And I, mm-hmm. I was really high on Trey Lance, too. So hopefully, I'm right on him. But um, it, you go back to that that draft class, and that was his thing where it's like, well... Nobody viewed Mahomes like that. Mm. But it's like, well, your GM called you. Your GM watched him and was like, wait a minute. I know you're set on Cousins. I know you want Kurt. But, dude, I just watched this dude Mahomes. And the other teams were like, uh, I mean, you had the Chiefs trade all the way up from 27. They said, oh, we're about to go get him. They trade all the way up from 27. 
and they jumped in front of the Saints, who I, I just heard Sean Payton talk about. They they had Mahomes and uh, uh, Lattimore, like right there, yeah. neck and neck. So mm -hmm. whichever one was there, if, if Mahomes was there, they were going to take Mahomes with Drew Brees still wow. there. And if Mahomes was gone, then they were taking Lattimore. And obviously, when they when they saw they saw when uh, the Chiefs traded up, they were like, "Oh, they're taking Mahomes." Mm -hmm. And they already knew. It's crazy. But you got to be like, why were those offensive guys, Andy Reid and and Sean Payton, able to identify? Hey, this is this is a guy I would I would draft him. And everybody else, including Kyle Shanahan, you know, it's like, mm, nah. You know what's Let me crazy? Thomas. With Deshaun Watson's resume too, how did he even fall to twelve? That Watson, was weird. Like with right. the Watson was should have been the guy that just went two, right? And that would have made a lot of sense. You know, less guesswork. He was he was basically the same prospect as, as Trevor Lawrence was coming out. Even more. Maybe there was some uh, some booty bandit chatter. I think there was there was a little bit of arm strength. Arm strength. Question. Like he didn't throw a laser. It Deshaun well, Watson. it was the uh, at the at the combine they did that little fastball. A miles per yeah, hour thing. Per thing and i and think he, his was slow his was below cutoff it's like all the good nfl quarterbacks were above like 51 miles per hour or whatever and his was 49 yeah and i that was a big deal i remember that year especially that was a big deal people were like looking at this one aspect hmm. of quarterbacks coming out and um it turned out to be kind of bs and nobody really talks about it anymore right that was, that was all the rage and, at that point and, and, and the crazy thing with him is i mean it's like dude because i remember i don't know how y'all felt after watching the national championship game against Alabama. And mm -hmm. there were two people that stood out and it was Deshaun Watson and Reuben Foster. Foster. And I was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, these dudes are, I wouldn't have minded taking either one of those guys top five. Yeah. Well, I was all, I, I loved the Reuben Foster pick. That guy's a heat seeking missile. Like I don't, I don't mm -hmm. know what his background report looked like, but just watching <laughs> him play run and hit. I mean, that's, that's what you want. Speed. Like he he got after it. He was fun to watch in college. Yeah. It's, it's a I was all in on Foster. In career. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I hear you. But... Uh, last little bit here, Croc. Uh, I teased it a little bit earlier. Can the 49ers receivers separate? Like, do the 49ers have bad receivers? I, I've seen that out there, and, and I, I think they're not maybe your prototype receivers. Maybe especially Debo and, and Kittle. The way they win is, is unique. But do they do do the 49ers lack separation at wide receiver? So I have talked about this before. I remember going back to last year and I brought up Brandon Ayuk. And here's my thing, right? And I talk about this when evaluating prospects coming out of college. It's how do you win? Do you win that way consistently? And then how does that translate to the NFL in the sense of success? And then that's kind of how mm -hmm. I prioritize you in my wide receiver rankings, right? So even if you're a guy like, let's say, uh, Williams, the Williams kid on, on the Chargers, Michael. Well, he's not a separation guy, but he's 6'3", 6'4". He's a great contested catch guy, and he wins that way. So, okay, I really like him because that's the way he wins, and he's going to win like that a lot. Now, would I draft him a top 10? Maybe not. But he wins that way. So, all right, like he's high on the rankings, right? Uh, Jamar Chase. For everything everybody says about Jamar Chase, he is not a separator. But it doesn't matter because he is elite at 50 50 balls and i was sitting there, i'm like oh, can he do it at the next level but it was so consistent in the sec i'm like oh, he's not my receiver one because i really like Devontae smith who just had 168 yards last game but jamar chase like right there and i, I think still what he does great test it well awesome well uh i circle back around to brandon Ayuk, and let's say brandon Ayuk and debo samuel 
Well, Debo Samuel wasn't much of a separator, but that that's not his game. What's his game? Hey, man, can I win with positioning? And my run after catch is special. They called him the slant guy coming out of South Carolina. He catches slant, take it to the house. He averaged 31 yards per reception on slants in college mm. that last year. So you knew, like, hey, he's just going to win with positioning. Maybe he's not going to run these vertically pushing routes and just win out in the open space all the time and just purely beat men like maybe Stephon Diggs or Justin Jefferson. But he's going to win and then win after the catch. Well, when you watch... Ayuk, it was all oh, the routes. Like he's a route runner, and that's how he's going to separate because he's not. He doesn't have the physicality of a Debo Samuel. Uh, he wasn't a great contested catch guy in college. We talked about that. He was, as a matter of fact, he was one of the worst in college football. Mm -hmm. So he ha he's going to have to win with some separation. And I thought he did that at a high enough level in college, but I didn't have him as high in my rankings. I had him like sixth or seventh receiver or whatnot. All right, now you look at him now, and I think we view him as oh he's a route runner. And we've seen it at times where, oh, murder the guy. Oh, that was a great route. But it is so inconsistent. And when mm. you watch him this past game with what you want him to be, right? Like what we win with separation. He, he struggled against Patrick Sertan. And not just Sertan. Whoever the hell that corner was guarding him last game, uh, Seattle, on the outside. Luckily, there were two underthrown balls that ended up being pass interference. Right, that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo threw downfield. They were both underthrown. They called PI, but that okay, you got the PI, whatever. And good things happen when you throw the ball downfield. That's awesome. But there was zero separation. Hmm. Like there wasn't even an ounce of separation. And so I think that's how he wins because he's not he's not going to be Debo Samuel. Where hey, I just got a quick first step. I catch the ball and now I'm just breaking tackles, outrunning guys, fighting for extra yardage. Like that's not going to be his game. He got to win with routes. And I do think that. There's this inconsistency to where I can't really count on him to win with separation, right? Where we saw some of it in training camp, and I'm like, okay, he's getting it. Where is it at right now? Yeah. And every time you, you see him being thrown to. Right. Now, versus off coverage zone, can Kyle Shanahan get guys open in space? Of course. But I mean, just it's third down, third down to seven, third down to eight, where the 49ers were terrible. I need my guy to be able to win versus man. And create separation, and I, I don't, I don't think he's, I don't think he's really doing that. He's gotten a little bit better in the contested catch, and he's gotten like bigger and stronger. But maybe that slowed him down a little bit too. What, what do you like, mean? I, it, what, what do you mean contested catch? Just, just, just the way he goes about it. Like he's, he's used his, his size and his arms a little bit better, especially like in training camp. I'm talking to. He's only been targeted okay, like yeah, yeah, four yeah, times yeah. this year or something. It feels like. Um, I think he was targeted three, three times last week. Um, but he got the, targeted eight times his last game. Was it eight times? Mm. Wow. Three three receptions oh, for three catches on eight targets. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that, that's not a great ratio there. Part and the and even then against the the I mean, he's been targeted downfield. He was targeted downfield a few times. And there's just there's no separation there. As a matter of fact, Jimmy Garoppolo against the Seahawks made a great throw downfield, threw him open on the sideline, and there was somebody there. And here's my thing. If if he's a great contested catch guy, awesome, right? Like if if you identify Brandon Ayuk as a guy that, hey, I can throw the ball up and he's going to, you know, again, bad example because Jamar Chase is elite at this, but Joe Burrow has this certain level of trust with Jamar Chase where he just knows when I throw the ball up, it doesn't matter where it's at. I don't have to be perfect. It doesn't matter where it's at. I trust that he's going to come down with it. Right. Right. And 
do the 49ers have that same type of trust with Brandon Ayuk? And maybe they do, but he hasn't shown it in the games. Training camp, yeah. And I'm like, okay, he's turning the page. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen that in the game. Now, when I say contested catch, I'm not talking about against Arizona where he dove, you know, and training has threw that ball to the sideline in 2021, right? Like to the sideline and he dove with a, somebody on him and he caught it. Or the one where somebody was on him and training has threw it back shoulder, right? And it kind of caught it and then ran out of there. I'm talking about downfield, I'm throwing the ball up or I just can consistently count on you to do those things. And I haven't quite seen that from him. So what can he hang his hat on as, hey, this is what I do, you know, next level. This is what I do to be a legit wide receiver too. Because Debo, not a separator, but it doesn't matter. Right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to catch the ball, run after catch. I'm yeah. Give me the ball at the line of scrimmage. I could take it 80. Whatever it is, Ayuk hasn't shown that he can do those things. And I think I'm waiting for that next step. I'm not dogging him. I know people are going to be like, Krug is so hard. No, Ayuk is the man. Like, he could be the man. I really like Ayuk. But mm -hmm. for what I think he is, I haven't really seen that consistently yet. Yeah. And I don't know if the 49ers quarterbacks can count on him to be that yet either. You got to pick one. Like, what, is he a little after? Because you thought he had after catch. I haven't seen that really. The separation. Right. One of the things you got to start seeing it. How are you going to win? You're right. You got to you got to find one of those things to win consistently. That way, we haven't seen that at all from Brandon Ayuk. Um, speaking of low target share, how about rookie four three wide receiver? Uh, Danny Where is Gray. he? Wink. What do you think? Do they need to get Where Danny more involved? Will that open up the offense? Two targets. We've been in, saying that. Then he was not even active in week one. For when he was drafted to all preseason long, we, we kept talking about it, right? He's the guy that stretches the defense and opens everything else up. And we saw him, we've seen him one week so far, you know, and they, they took a couple of shots to him, but get him back out there. Let's go. Let, let's do something. I get why he's not on there. I get it. He's not playing a whole bunch of special teams. You need Ray Ray McLeod. You know, you like what Jennings does on third downs and stuff like that. He's a great blocker, but you got to find a way to get this guy on the football field. He, he, he'll change things. I really, truly believe that. Peacock, do you remember my scouting report on Danny Gray coming uh, again, out of SMU? Again, a 100% correct scouting report by Eric Crocker. That's all it needs to be said. That's it. That's it. Enough said. Don't know what it was. Go back and find it. Because, Let's go. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, again, he has his one way that he can win. Right. Like, that's at least something. And so. Mm -hmm. Kyle doesn't. But, yes. the, so, you know. Kyle likes to win with his scheme as opposed to, oh, I'm just going to throw this go route or oh, I'm just going to dial right. up this. You know, it's okay, I'm going to do these things and it's going to play off of this and then, you know, do that. So if he can't have you in there consistently, and that was kind of some of the things you heard why maybe he didn't go, with, you know, have a package for Trey Lance last year. So, oh man, it throws off the rhythm of everything, right? So if you, I don't think he can randomly throw Danny Gray in there because. I think a lot of his stuff works off of one another, then that's how he gets the big hitters. Mm -hmm. So if he just randomly throws Danny Gray in there, it's like, uh, this dude never plays, so he must just be running straight. <laughs> like, Which is exactly what happened in week two, right? It was like, oh, Danny Gray's on the field. Oh, look, they took a shot. Oh, look, he's out of the yep. game now. All right. We're going overtime. we got to get out of here. Wink, thanks for joining us once again here on Lockdown 49ers. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen. Croc and I back tomorrow. It's already time to do a little crossover Thursday on the next episode. And, of course, we'll have you covered every step of the way of the 49ers 2022 season and beyond. Make sure you're checking out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show daily and Croc on Locked On NFL Draft. Talk to you tomorrow right here, Locked On 49ers. See you.